Welcome to Leaders and Learners. My name is Tanya McKenzie, and you can find me at the intersection of public relations and leadership. Join us as we talk to organizational leaders, elected officials, experts, authors, artists, and personalities sharing their stories, talking about how they got to where they are and how they continue to learn and lead the way. So without further ado, let's get into it. What's up, good people? Welcome to another edition of Leaders and Learners, where we all know that the best leaders are lifetime learners. And today I have a feeling that I'm going to help you learn about something uh, that you've been curious about and never really asked or just went ahead and continued to live with your assumptions, as many of us tend to do in this world, until we find ourselves in a situation where we are confronted with our... I don't know, stereotypes, uh, when we're confronted with our pieces of misinformation about people uh, and the work that they do. And today I'm bringing you someone, uh, I didn't know what he did at first when I met him. This is the joy about getting to know people, right? You get to know them without asking, what do you do and where are you from? Uh, Trying to get all in their background, but actually getting to know people. I would have never known, would have never known. So it is, I don't think there is really a stereotype for a real psychic medium, is there? I don't, what do you think? Um, I know growing up, we had Miss Cleo uh, on TV and I don't know if that's the right stereotype for psychic mediums, but today I want you to meet a friend of mine, Miss Stover, Mr. Stover. Cavins, how are you? Tanya, I'm excellent. Thanks for having me on. I love it. Okay. So listen, I want you to introduce yourself to the people, the regular stuff, where you're from, what you do, who do you help? Let's, let's, let's start there because I got questions. I'm, but I I got questions. I'm sure you do. (laughs) Um, And and I have to start out by saying I do in fact own a crystal ball. Uh, Oh, Um, (laughs) Uh, it's a prop. But is it heavy enough for me to hit somebody with? Because it's I have extremely, a it's extremely heavy. Is it cute? Like, does it match yeah. your interior? Of course it's cute. <laughs> I, you know, I, I got it because I, we'll talk about it, I'm sure. Okay. But I, I do events as well, um, okay, cool. like card readings and stuff. So it's a nice prop for Halloween. But uh, I, do, I do not use it to, to do my psychic medium show. Awesome. We'll let the people know about you other than you, you, you do events. Now we know that. So we can yeah. call you after this. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get into it. <laughs> Great. Um, yeah, so you know, I'm I'm just a guy. I'm I'm a, I, I like to let people know I'm a Midwestern boy from Southern Indiana, growing up in in the Bible Belt uh, in the '80s um, as a gay man. So imagine how fun that was. Um, former military. I'm extre- extremely proud of my uh, my military service in the United States Navy. Uh, I am a father of two two adult children, uh, a grandfather as well. And uh, a husband, you know, all that good, all that good stuff. I've uh, been in California, here in the LA area since 2009. Um, so that's home now. And yeah, I'm also a marketer as well. Yes, you are actually a good one. Um, there's a couple things that I want to start out with. One is when we hopped on, you were open about being open to talk about the LGBTQ stuff. The reason I'm bringing this up is because you're kind of casual about it, which I think that's totally fine. But there's a lot that goes along with that now, right? It's There's been more 
letters added to uh, LGBTQ and, um, you know, your pronouns and your, it got, a, it feels like it got a little complicated. Like, who am I? And then you have to go through all this other stuff. Is it just me or did they complicate something that should really be very simple? Girl. <laughs> I'm paid. I mean, yeah. I grew, I grew up asking for most of my life, who am I? What am I? How do I fit into this? And then, yeah, they start adding, uh, they start adding the the different stuff and the different options. And the, the menu is, uh, is much larger than it used to be. The and, uh, you know, I, um, yeah, I, I like, I, you know, it, it's, I like a place like In-N-Out that has a few items. So I know, <laughs> where I, you know, and not the big crazy menu, but that's where we are. And um, I embrace it uh, because, you know, and open, I want to be an open mind and, and I, it's not easy, even though I'm a part of that community, some of those additional letters, I had to wrap my mind around for a long time and talk to people and that, that do represent those letters and, and uh, really get their story and, and see kind of where I stood with it or how I, you know, just how I understood it because there, there's a learning curve and I think that's okay. So when someone says something to me, like, or even talking to kids, about being non-binary or binary. And these are kids that can barely even understand, I don't know, the stuff that they're taught in regular English class, basic math, and they get it wrong, right? I think there's there's this fear about getting it wrong. How do you feel about when people get it wrong, but it's not on purpose, it's not malicious, it's just lack of knowledge. Because people ask me stuff all the time about black people. Yes, all the time. And they get it wrong most of the time. I don't care, but I do think there should be some level of education. But you ain't going to know everything about being Black. Just like I don't think you're going to know everything about being not heterosexual. You know, like it gets complicated. What do you, how do you feel about people that get it wrong sometimes? I think we're human. I think that's okay. Um, I, I think it, it all comes back to, I, I hope that everybody understands this, that it, it, if you can understand where it's coming from, if it's just a, a slip or if it's, it's just ignorance and they haven't had the chance to learn something, um, I get it wrong all the time. I have a, a very good friend who's... Um, you get it wrong? I get it wrong. Yeah, I, I imagine that. I do get it wrong. I, I have a very good friend, one of my best friends, her her son, her, tra her son is transgender. And, um, and when I met him he was still a girl okay. <laughs> so still identifying as a girl um and so it was it was a challenge for me to kind of change the pronouns and change the name and 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 i i'm i got it wrong several times like mm. right right at lunch you know i would say she and and then i would just get corrected he oh yeah sorry he and and you move on and 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 they knew it wasn't coming from a place where i was you know purposely misgendering um, so it's okay. You just, it's, it's not a big deal if you don't, if it, unless you're trying to make it a big deal, then, then we got a problem, right? I love that. <laughs> I absolutely love that. The part that you get it wrong too, that, that sits well in my soul. Yeah. I'm yeah just, it's, it's not an easy, it's not an easy thing to just like switch. I, I understand it's changed. You know, we've always known it one way, especially, you know, you know, I'm, I'm no spring chicken. So, I mean, I've, I've lived a decent amount of life one way and and you know whether i'm on board with it or not a changing is is hard okay stover i didn't know you were a grandparent 
though. Like, when did that happen? Yesterday? No, that happened like four. My grandson's four and a half. So I started. I started really young. I started at twenty, and then okay. my daughter started. At, I, yeah, it's a whole family thing we do. <laughs> so you let's go back to your childhood. Let's let's talk about that because I know, you know, part of what I read. Um, is that you said you felt like you were struggling with something for a very long time. Talk to us about what that something was, if you don't mind, and then what that struggle was like and how you came out of it 30 years later. That's a long time to struggle with something. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, there were a lot of things. Uh, I don't know that we have enough time uh, to, to unpack everything. Um, but, you know, I my traumas are this. They are abandonment you know, with having a, a holiday, my biological father was a holiday dad, um, lived very, very close, but didn't seem to have the time. Uh, and then, you know, first father figure that was in my life, he, he left because him and my mom couldn't work things out. And then the stepfather came in and he was a real piece of work. Um, so there was, you know, abuse there with, with, with him. Uh, and that includes verbal, physical, sexual, all that good stuff. Um, and on top of all of that, um, you know, knowing that I was different in a way of um, not necessarily the psychic stuff, because that didn't really come till later, um, but more so, you know, being different in the way of like my sexuality um, was very challenging, especially in the place that I grew up um, and the time that I grew up in. So uh, that, that was a big challenge for me. And it's not something I didn't come out until I was like 25. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing was, you know, kind of, uh, you know, coming out also about the abuse that happened to me um, because I wasn't believed at first. And so that was, that was very difficult as well. Um, So, you know, that goes into the abandonment as well. So uh, yeah. (laughs) So listen, when, at what age did you, uh, what age were you abused? And then you said you weren't believed. So that means you were at least strong enough to tell someone Mm. what, was that like, who was that someone you told, but how did you feel about that disbelief? Because I too have been through that. Mine was at Mm. 13 and my mother did believe me. And actually the police officers believed me because she went with me to report, but there was no proof. Mm. But I also know there were other people that did not believe, or maybe they did, but they weren't going to acknowledge that. And that level of, um, Oh, God, when you love someone and you realize they don't love you the same way or with the same you know, intensity, yeah. that rejection. So talk to us about your experience with the abuse, telling about the abuse and then not being believed. Yeah, and I'm, I'm so glad that you're, you're saying your mother did believe you because uh, that wasn't my experience. So with the abuse, I was probably about seven. There were. I think three instances and it wasn't anything like really like um, intense. It was more of like a uh, kind of a seduction that, that happened. Um, grooming. A, a grooming and a seduction. Um, but yeah, so I was like seven, eight, nine, I think when these, these three, these three uh, events happened, um, I was about 14 when I told my mother and uh, I'll never forget. I mean, I, it was it was I believe Easter Sunday. Uh, it was a holiday. We were getting ready to go to my grandmother's, and and there was an argument that was happening. And uh, probably wasn't the best time to to blurt out such things, but but I but I did. I was angry, and um, 
she immediately did not believe me that it, that it happened. Um, even though there was some stuff about him with his previous children um, from, from a previous marriage that, that had come out, that there may, may have been some abuse there, but she still didn't believe me. Uh, so that was actually, I think, caused more trauma than the actual abuse itself. Um, so that was difficult. And to this day, I mean, you know, me and my mom have a pretty good relationship, but I, I still, it's still there. And it's never really fully been like talked about with her. So, so I told you she believed me, but one of the reasons she believed me is because she knew that he was a dirtbag, mm. which then begs the other question is why would you leave your child somewhere alone with a dirtbag? Right? Like, well, and, and, and something I think about a lot, I ruminate on a lot is that uh, she's told me stories about other people in her life, you know, mm. her own stepfather, who was my grandfather, um, that made her feel really weird when she was young. And then I can see all these instances where I was left alone with him in a car for, you know, to go back and forth between my grandparents' house and her and, and our house for 30, 40 minutes at a time. I'm like, if you had this experience with him, why would you do, why would you let your child with him? That, that is, has really been my question for a long yeah. time. Yeah. You know, I guess I'd look at it now and, I, and I've always wondered, like, why do families tolerate the uncle that they have to or aunt? Because mm -hmm. it could be either or um, that are that is capable of that type of behavior towards children. I've never understood that. I've never come to an understanding of we all know what he's capable of. We all know that he is um, that he preys on children or young girls or young boys, why are we dealing, why are we allowing this to happen? So I don't know. I've always struggled with that. I'm guessing if there was uh, an answer, we wouldn't continue to find young people uh, being assaulted by relatives and 90% of kids that get assaulted, it's, it's usually by a relative or someone close to the family. Mm -hmm. So again, uh, you know, there, then there's that. So how had you moved through dealing with some of these challenges into the life that you live now? Cause I guess, you know, there's that point where you like, I got some stuff I need to deal with. Like this doesn't feel right. For mm -hmm. me, it was, I don't like feeling mm -hmm. like this. Right. Right. And dealing with those things. Where, how did you move through that or have you, or are you still processing? That's a great question. Um, so I, I do feel like I've I've actually I've made a lot of progress in just the past few years. Actually, when my my kind of spiritual journey ensued, I I had always thought that I had dealt with it. I really did. You know, I I was always open about it with with people. I would talk about it freely. Um, hey, this happened to me, and you know, and and the person that perpetrated it, um, you know, he did take his life back in I believe 2014. So he is he is not in our lives anymore. Um, and I'll just leave that right there. But um, so he, he's no longer present, but I, I thought I had really dealt with it. So in the past few years, when I started my, you know, kind of really going inward and, and connecting spiritually, um, a lot of progress was made and a lot of healing that I didn't know needed to be done um, had happened. It was extremely therapeutic. And, and, you know, a lot of it really stems from seeing things from my soul's perspective and understanding that um, even though that person, when he was here uh, physically, uh, he was he was a big jerk, and, and he perpetrated a lot of bad things. 
But if I see this thing from a soul and spiritual perspective, I just realized that we both had a, a role to play and we were both, um, you know, just almost like, you know, in a play, like, like we, we both had our part that we had, we had to learn from. Mm. Um, I just happened to be the victim in that part and he happened to be the jerk. Um, but I can still see it from, like I say, a spiritual level where I can forgive him and I can understand that it was just part of his soul contract that he had to go through that and he had to be the, the perpetrator. Um, so a lot of forgiveness came out of that, just seeing it from a, a soul and higher level. So you're a medium. Mm -hmm. What is that? What is a psychic medium? Please let the people know what a psychic medium is and what it is not. All right. I was going to say, girl, I talk to dead people. No. <laughs> I you. Um, I mean, in a roundabout way, um, it's a lot, and I'm probably going to take some of the magic out of it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not the most woo woo, uh, psychic that you're going to meet. You know, I'm not like talking about fairies and mermaids and, and all that stuff. Um, it's got a place, but it's just not my thing. So, so psychic medium for me, um, the psychic part of that is where I connect with people's energies. I connect with them on a very deep level. I can connect with their situations that are that are happening around them, people that are in those situations and kind of just feel the energy and the essence. And I get impressions, I get feelings, I get thoughts that aren't my own that come in and I can process those and deliver them as information, as evidence, as messages, guidance, all that stuff <clears throat> to give people a different perspective of what's going on with them. Um, the second part of it, the medium part, is where I'm connecting with people that are already in spirit, people that have passed away. Um, and it's kind of the same process where they're giving me impressions. I'm reading their essence and I can I can get information about things they did, what they were like, um, you know, stats about them as far as like when they were born, how they passed. Um, and then also proof that they're still active in your life, you know, so they'll a lot of times come forward with information that is or things that have happened since their passing that I shouldn't know and, and they weren't here for. Um, so a lot of healing can come from it. So that's why I love doing it, because people can really, you know, it's, it's not to say proof, but it's evidence that their loved ones are still around them and still connected to them in some way, which is very uh, therapeutic for people. Also, if there were things left unsaid or things that were, you know, there's confusion about, sometimes it can, it can bring forth information that, that helps with that as well. How do you know? Like, how do you know? Does someone teach you how to do this? Does someone else, you know, continuously educate you on how to be a better medium? Like, how do you know that you are connecting with people that are not here anymore. Like walk, walk me through that. Like turn me into a believer today. Yeah. Oh, well, and, and um, I mean, it's never my goal to turn people into believers. Um, you know, I get asked all the time to be part of like documentaries where it's like, how can we prove that this is real? I'm like, it, it either it's real to you or it's not. Well, I'm not <laughs> going to ask you to prove, but uh, I'm, I understand. I'm, I'm asking for the people that really want to know, or I'll even put it to you like this for the people that have been on the cusp of wanting to try it, but then not wanting to be looked at as a weirdo 
Like there are people out there that really will listen to you and say, I I want to I want to talk to him. I want to see if he can channel my mom or mm -hmm. my grandfather. But mm, I don't I don't know. Like help me. Help me help them. Yes. First of all, I would say go to my um Google business and read my reviews. <laughs> I have 73 five star reviews uh of folks that I have sat with and had shared these experiences with. So uh, you know, that's a start. Um, but in all seriousness, for me, I mean, it, it's like with any kind of like uh, religious faith or, or belief, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of trust. There's a lot of faith that comes into it. I know the experience I'm having, um, you know, when I'm connecting um, and I can't explain it because I know things or I've, I feel things that I should not that aren't of my own experiences when I'm connecting with you or, or whoever it is. Um so it's it's just my job to relay that in a way that that my um, sitter, or the person in front of me, can understand. Um, you know, and I like to think that enough. You know, I always set the intention that uh, the evidence and the messages that need to come through to help my sitter believe or understand um, that they will come through. That's always you know, and I always set the intention for healing to happen as well. That's always my goal. So when I. <laughs> I have friends that are therapists, right? And sometimes I think when I, I'm talking to them, I'm like, I hope she's not like analyzing me right now while I'm talking, right? Right. Are there times when you're with people and they're not actually asking for your help, but you can feel things that you probably would want to communicate or share with them, but then you don't? Like, where do your friends, like people that are in just social environments, can you feel it? Can you connect or do you have to be in a certain space and mindset to be able to uh, channel those in energies? I love that question. Uh, so this is where I'm different than most psychic mediums that I that I know, because uh, most of us are empaths, right? We, we feel and we're just like kind of open all the time. I'm the opposite. And a lot of it has to do with some of the things we talked about previously, which okay. are my you know childhood traumas and all that, where... I tell people my default is off. Um, I've lived most of my life with being tuned out and, and blocking energies because I'm protecting myself. Right. Um, so I'm kind of the opposite where I actually have to try a little bit harder before sessions to set some strong intentions to open up. Mm -hmm. So I spend a little bit more time with that. I, when I'm out at home goods or wherever I'm at, I'm, I'm not bothered. <laughs> I'm, I'm off. My default is right there. Have there been times when you have helped someone and it affected you? Of course. Yeah. Talk to me about that. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I, I mean, sometimes I get, you know, sometimes spirit comes through with, with information that, um, and I, I don't always have all the context about why, but I'll just get emotional. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of times we're dealing with people that have, you know, that are coming through responsible for their own passing um, or even, children uh that that have you know that have passed and and it's it's uh you know i have to i have to really once again set a lot of intentions to disconnect after these readings because there's so much energy that comes through and it can really wear me out um but recently my um one of my young cousins was brought to me to uh connect him with with my auntie and uh 
that happened, I think last Friday and it was so therapeutic for him. And I was so glad that I, that we were brought together. Cause I really do believe that my auntie brought us together. Uh, and she had been working on it for quite a while. So, uh, you know, that to me affected me in such a positive way because for one thing, me and him were reconnected because we hadn't talked to each other for a while, but, um, you know, I was able to help him work through some things and connect with his mom. And, uh, so just in that way, mostly it's it's positive, but sometimes the energy is really intense because uh, we're talking, you know, about really intense things and sometimes tragic things. Do you need to be in person uh, with all of your clients or do you work from a distance? Can you do virtual work? Yeah, most of my readings are just like this, Tanya. Um, you know, I'm, I'm on Zoom. Uh, Later today, I have a phone call reading. Um, very rarely do I do in-person readings. When I do events, those are those are in-person and I'm doing like, it's almost like speed dating where I'm doing like 10 minute readings <laughs> over and over and over and over again for like three three hours. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I can do it. I can do it remotely. It, to me, it's the energy is the same. I don't need to be in in person with anyone. What is one of the most impactful readings that you have ever done that still resonates with you? Yeah, um, I, I have a client, uh, her and her husband were brought to me and um, I've read for them so many times now because I read for her individually, I read for her husband individually, I read for her husband again um, with her in the car because we were connected. Her, her dad had passed away. And um, her husband was also very close to him. And then later she brought her mom um, to me as well for a reading. So I read three people for this, uh, you know, the passing of this one, one man who was just a fantastic guy. Um, and just to see um, the different information that came through for each one of them, because they each had their own unique relationship with him. Uh, it was, it was just really, really special. And, and the note that I received after reading for the mom from her daughter was that she says you've done for her what nobody has been able to do. Um, and I don't take credit for that. It was really, um, you know, her father coming through, but, um, you know, just to know that I, I can help with some of that, that major healing, uh, that nobody else, cause I'm sure she's talked to many people. She maybe has seen a therapist. I mean, her priest, I don't know, but, um, to know that I had some kind of part in helping her with that level of healing, was really, really special and lets me know that, that I am in service and that that's what it's all about. So for people that have fear, I want you to talk to the people that might have a little fear of reading, right? Fear of the power of the reading, uh, fear of what might come from the reading. I mean, what do you say? Take a shot first and just get over it or, <laughs> you know, because it there, especially when you're dealing with loved ones and trauma and, uh, things that are have gone on said and and emotions that there is, I would be surprised if there isn't um, a level of fear. But I could see that it anticipation is really a killer. And then when you've had mm -hmm. either a tumultuous or an incredibly loving relationship with someone, you know what that looks like can bring fear. So coming to see you would be beneficial. But then there's that fear. Talk to them. Yeah. Yeah. You're hitting on some great points. I love it. Um, so 
when we're talking about the mediumship, when I'm connecting people with their their loved ones, yeah, there's always a level of it. It's a little feels a little bit more to me like anxiety and nervousness um, because you know they know something's something's coming, whether it's um, you know to learn something they didn't know or to have that healing, um, you know, that release. So so I, I I do sense that, and and that I think that's natural. It's funny when people come to me for psychic readings, which is me connecting with their stuff and talking about their journey. Um, people are actually quite scared because it's so funny. They think I'm going to tell them they're going to die, <laughs> and that is not what I do. And if any psychic is doing that, I'm I'm not on board with that. It is I set strong intentions to not go there. I don't want to know if somebody is near the end of their life. That's not what I do. Um, we're all going to go when we go. So, um, but anyway, yeah. So it, I, I remind people that I work in love and light. I don't harness any kind of dark, um, stuff. I protect, I set intentions to protect us. Um, you know, it, it, it's all positivity. So there's nothing dark and mysterious going on here. And like I said before, it's like, I might take some of the magic out of it. This is really just something we can all do. We all can connect to energy and we all can, you know, it's part of our intuition. Um, it's just the fact that I've decided to develop it a little bit more and kind of open myself up to it. Cause it's not for everybody. We're not all built for it, but we can all do it. Yeah. You know, we all have that ability cause we're all just energy and we're all connected. Hmm, I like but, that. Um, I, you do. So you tell people about themselves, you tell people about their loved ones, but I think you, educate and teach right mm -hmm. and then there's some other things like tell the people what else you do with your time yeah i stay really busy <laughs> <laughs> i'm exhausted all the time um and i love coming on like podcasts and and lives on youtube and 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 all that so it, it's just um you know, I, I do like to educate. I, I do feel like I'm a, a natural kind of educator, whether it's educating people on marketing stuff or or this kind of stuff. But um, yeah, so I have private readings, which keep me busy. I literally come home on my lunch break sometimes and do them. Uh, I do them in the evenings when I come home from my full-time job. Uh, in the mornings beforehand, um, I do the events, which is usually centered around holidays, uh, you know, holiday time, uh, October is, is really big for Halloween. And then, um, I do teaching as well. So I run a, a practice circle, a free practice circle on zoom every Tuesday night where other mediums from all across the world, we get together and, 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 uh, have pra practice sessions so that we can kind of, you know, sharpen our, our instincts and our, our delivery skills. Um, and then I also teach classes. Um, usually I have one, you know, one class going on, you know, they're usually four to five week classes where, you know, other developing mediums and psychics will come and, and we'll, you know, we'll have discussions and we'll teach them what they need to know. I love that. It's I, a lot. <laughs> I see you stay, like I said, you stay busy. Okay. Let me, let me back up. Cause I don't want to gloss over this. Mm. You are a grandparent, meaning you mm. are a parent. Mm. Uh, when did that happen? Do I need to tell you how that happened? I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh, because I'm gay? <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Let's talk about conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, on. I was so far in the closet, girl. <laughs> There's still pulling out pieces of me in the closet. Um, yeah, so I, w I was straight, <laughs> straight until I was 
in my twenties. I, I was gay, like what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so no, I I found a um, I I was married to a woman, and uh, we we had a, a child. Okay, uh, stop right there. So the I was married to a woman part. We were talking about your childhood. You said you knew something was different about you. Mm -hmm. Always known something was different about you. Mm. So you went into this marriage. You were married. You went into this marriage. Were you feeling like when you said I do? And I ain't even just talking about you, okay? Because there are people out there that got married and know they shouldn't have, uh, regardless if they're straight or gay. And what was that that kept you going forward with the I do's when you was really like, Mm, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like what walk us through that? Because I think that can help a lot of people, even though they might not be willing to acknowledge it. Are you trying to convince yourself of something? Were you satisfied, but not happy? Like, what was that? Yeah, a lot of things. Um, first of all, I want to keep this very PG. Um, <laughs> but, but I mean, I, I had done, had experiences before. Right. So, I mean, I knew I knew what I liked, um, but I also did. I was attracted to women as well. So um, when I connected with my, um, you know, baby mama, whatever you want to call her, um, and then decided to make her my wife, I was into it. I loved her. I, I was madly in love with her. And, and, you know, we had that crazy. We had that good, crazy love, mm. <laughs> the good, fiery. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it didn't end up being good in the end for that reason, not because of what I had going on and she had her own stuff going on. But um, yeah, it, for me, and, and I have to say some of it was probably driven by fear. You know, when I talk about being in the closet, it was out of fear. It was out of fear for my safety. It was fear for keeping my family around um, because I lived in one of those places, you know, I'm from Southern Indiana and uh, you know, we're talking about eighties and nineties um, and growing up in a, a Catholic family. Mm -hmm the things I would hear my family say, and we're fine now, they, they ended up being fine with it, but but just the things I would hear them say when the, the gay subject would come up, would just terrified me. Got it. Um, and then, you know, not even talking about what happened, what I saw happen to my more flamboyant um, friends in school. Um, so yeah, you go, you go into the closet, not just to hide a secret, but you go in there to, to save yourself. So it, it it's really it's it, it is sad. <laughs> I mean, I, I, there's no ways two ways about it. It's you know it, and I'm so glad that we've come a long way with that. But uh, yeah, so there was a lot going on with that. But I did truly love her, and I was committed to that relationship, uh, regardless of what some of my other desires were. I mean, you know, I can put those I can put those away. Got it. You know, I was committed to that relationship. I love that. So, what is your relationship now with her? Are you guys good? Mm -hmm. No, we don't talk. How old is your? How old so is your my my children, um, and we also have. So we have a daughter. That was our first child. It was a daughter. She's turning twenty five this year in June, um, a month from today, actually. And uh, we have a son who is not mine biologically. Figure this one out. <laughs> not mine biologically. I was lied to for nine months, but I kept him on the team because, yeah, he's mine. So yeah, my son is twenty. He's 20. But um, yeah, and I don't talk to, to my ex-wife just because that's that's better. Um, better I'll, leave, I'll leave it. I'm not going to run anybody through the mud. Uh, it's just better. With way. the relationship with you and your daughter. Your, so your grandkid is from your daughter? Mm -hmm, my daughter, yeah. 
She has two kids. And you guys are good? Fantastic. She's And she's an amazing mom. She's followed in my footsteps like to a T. Mm. It's like kind of scary. Really? Um, but yeah, she's, uh, but she's not gay, but... <laughs> But other than that, yeah. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Um, so you got the granddaughter. That's cool. Are they near? Like, how often do you see your your grandkids? No, they live in Indiana still. Oh, my tenth Indiana, huh? Yeah, they. I, for some reason, they like it. I don't. <laughs> I I spent my whole young my young adult life trying to move out of there. I joined the Navy. I I, I went back, and then I moved away. Um, I don't. It's not for me, but they like it. I absolutely hear you. So listen, let the people know how to get in touch with you, how to stay connected to you, and how to come to you when they are ready to put their fears aside uh, and get their reading. Yeah, so I'm pretty easy to find. I mean, you literally can search my name and there should be four pages on Google um, and my numbers everywhere. You know, I'm not one to hide my, my phone number or anything. But um, my, my website is stouffercavens.com. Uh, and then all my social media handles are Psychic Stouffer. So at Psychic Stouffer, that'd be on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. Um, and then, yeah, you can you can book through my website. It takes credit card. It's all my booking calendars on there. You can, you can pick your day and time. Um, or if you find my number, like I say, it's easy to find. And you can call me or text me and you can make your appointments directly with me. They're all private. I don't share anything. I don't record uh, the meetings unless somebody asked me to, Um, you know, it's all like ethics and, and it, it's all safe. I appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for being here uh, and being transparent about so many things. And I look forward to seeing you around. Yeah. We could have uh, three or four more, uh, chats because I'm, yep. I'm extremely transparent there's so much more we could get into awesome. <laughs> but thank you for having me absolutely i'll talk to you soon all right bye tanya hey thanks for showing up to the podcast where we all know that the best leaders are lifetime learners when you get a sec take a moment leave a comment what you think about today's episode and share it with someone that you know could use the gems that were dropped today follow and subscribe you don't want to miss who's coming up next you never know who could show up here and what they could say for your professional needs, marketing, PR, communications, and leadership. Make sure you follow us on all social media platforms at Sand and Shores or hit us up at sandandshores.com. Again, thanks so much for showing up. We appreciate you and we'll see you soon.